talk we're about here. some stuff. Folks are here. Let's yeah. Let's do let's do a real so all right, we're going to do some we're going to do some quickies up front before we get into some actual stories. First of all, let's do a quick YouTube update. Um we picked up over 500 Rumble subscribers in the first day, which is <laughs> which is absolutely insane. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Uh did you share it to Just for Fun and to uh oh, to no, I support? Didn't. If you would share I'll it to it right Just now. for Fun. Yep. Um, we picked up over 500 rumble subs in one day, which is absolutely amazing. And and listen, I've been told I have to do this. I don't like to do it, but I've been told by a dozen people. Now you got to do it. Word of mouth is, is key on rumble. And so I'm going to ask you all to hit that rumble button. Um, the little plus sign rumble button and share the show afterwards, not right now, but maybe afterwards, share the stuff. And when we upload videos, hit share and hit rumble on those as well. And we would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, YouTube update. Next Tuesday, or this coming Tuesday, I'll be uh, sitting down and interviewing Brian Strickland. He's one of my senators. And we're going to be talking about some legislation that I wanted to push through a year ago. Right. I wrote up a resolution that was going to be introduced at the state convention. Uh, it didn't go anywhere back then, but now I'm determined to have it go somewhere. Not to reinstate our channel. That ship has sailed. Right, that's yo. But to try and make sure that it's more difficult for YouTube to do this to other channels than it was to us. It was easy for them to do this to us. There was no policy violation whatsoever. It was simply, hey, we don't like you. We're getting rid of you. So anyway, I'll be uh, recording that with Brian on Tuesday. There's a good chance I'm going to upload that to locals for supporters only initially. Uh, give them a give them a um, little exclusive on that before I send it over to the other channels, but keep an eye out for that. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the, the current YouTube update, but man, oh man, 500 plus subs on rumble in one day, which is absolutely amazing. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Yes. But yeah, if you could hit the rumble button and give us, uh, give us some shares, because it's really going to help us on Rumble. We don't have the visibility on Rumble that we did on YouTube. So we're going to be needing yours help. Um, Daryl Brooks. I haven't spoken about old Daryl Brooks for a minute. Uh, he's still in court. He's still... This is the Waukesha... I'm sure that's how you say it. This is the Waukesha, Waukesha killer. The guy that drove through the, the dancing grannies in his SUV. The uh, Milwaukee Dancing Grannies, Danny. They're awesome. So many things wrong with that. I know. It's like the Flying Elvises, Utah <laughs> chapter. Yes. The Milwaukee Dancing Grannies. They were just one of the people in this Christmas parade that Daryl Brooks decided to run over. Well, he's defending himself, and he's putting forward a sovereign citizen defense. And you can only imagine how this is going, Danielle. Here's the first, the good news. Since we last visited Daryl Brooks in court, he's managed to keep his clothes on. Yep. Not only that, 
he uh, he found a suit somewhere, and he's been wearing a suit. But I saw this that. Look, this, looks like it's his daddy's suit. Yeah, this happened today. I'm not sure what the the terminology for that is, but that's how I would take it. That's a subpoena. Um, no, that's that's not a subpoena. The subpoena is when you actually get the subpoena paperwork by mail, or I, I don't. Mr. Brooks, you have So, he's arguing with a witness over the witness's answer because, and it's because he's mounting this sovereign citizen defense. And he's asking all of these witnesses, well, who subpoenaed you? Who's the plaintiff in this case? Uh, questions like this. Now, I'm not going to get into the sovereign citizen thing. All I can tell you is this. If you ever mount a sovereign citizen defense, you're going to lose. Dude, hang on. You're burying the lead here. He's arguing with a priest. With a vicar, priest. a priest. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, I, mean, I get it. But he's he's argued with everyone about this so far. He's about to argue with the judge. Good question. Uh, can I get to it, Your Honor? No, because you're trying to define something which would be testifying, which you cannot do at this time. So the jury will disregard his last comment, but go ahead and ask a question of this witness. Wow. Mr. Brooks, that was inappropriate. It's amazing. Do you have any other questions yes, for this witness? Yes, Please ask them. She's about to clear the courtroom. would like to get through one more witness, but I want to take a short comfort break uh, for everyone. So I'll rise for the jury. Thank you. This is one of the few times he's actually risen for the jury, by the way. He generally stays in his seat. Mr. Brooks, not now. Not allowed to. Not now. The jury is in this courtroom, and you will show respect for them and for this court. Respect for them will be Mr. Brooks, telling them the truth. Stop. I'm putting you on notice that you are on the verge of this court creating a curative instruction about your frivolous arguments. By the way, the weakest threat she could ever make. Right, she can't threaten him with contempt because he's already in jail, so right. he he's not concerned about that. So the, right. the 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 most severe thing she could think of on the spot right there was a curative instruction for the jury about your frivolous arguments. Those are his sovereign citizen arguments. Anyway, here we go. I will not have you claim legitimacy for what are debunked, frivolous, sovereign arguments then that prove, is why your questions are being prove that it's frivolous prove that it's frivolous prove it all the cases that we've already referenced sir we are in recess we'll be back and in prove five it. minutes thank you everyone i don't agree to a stoppage can you prove it? i don't agree to a stoppage can you prove it and he's like you are cutting into my break he stands there yelling at the door for a few minutes just just yelling thinking the judge can still hear him it's absolutely amazing. If, if you haven't been watching it again, I highly, highly recommend you go over and watch some of this, uh, 
some of this trial. It is really entertaining. But yeah, he's mounting a sovereign citizen defense. He's asking him. He was trying. He Obviously, someone's given him notes and said, these are the things you need to ask. And these are the things you need to do. And this is how you object and everything. And uh, every every objection he makes is either hearsay or relevance, regardless of whether it is in fact hearsay. If it's first party testimony, he'll object and say hearsay. And she'll say overruled. And he'll say grounds. Like what grounds are you overruled? Well, it's not fucking hearsay, dude. It right. just isn't. It doesn't and fit the definition. And he was trying to say tacit today uh, because he's always, somebody's obviously handed him a note and said, you know, it, it, this is a tacit overruling or a tacit objection, something like right. that. He's calling it taxit because the, obviously the word is brand new to him. No one's ever right. said it to him. He just right. either got this information or read it somewhere. No, no one's ever told him how to say the word tacit. Oh, this poor fella. Yeah, I say, yeah. I say poor fella. He murdered a bunch of people. You know, and Al, that's exactly what I was just thinking. If he hadn't done what he did, this would be really sad because he's like, just from what little we've seen, he's clearly suffering from mental illness. Mm -hmm. Now, is it enough to have him declared um, unfit to stand trial? Probably not, but he definitely has some, some mental struggles going on. Does he ever? All right. But he plowed through a crowd in his Astro van. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had this all set up, ready to bring in everyone's comments and then restream. Oh, just did something to Bungle me. This. Horrific. Yep. So let's say hi to folks. Uh, Canadian Bacon's here. What's up, Becky? Hey, Bacon. Uh, Jake Kukin is here. What's up, Jake? Hey, Jake. Um, that's, that's the I hammer. think that's the hammer that right the there. Hammer. CCW. Yes, it is. Uh, looks like your mom's here. Hi, hey, Rita. Good to see you. Um, if you are watching the show, and there are people watching, there are a bunch click of the uh, click the go to the the live chat button and say hi in the chat so that we can uh, so that we can see y'all. And thank you all for coming to find us. We are sorry yes, about the what a, what a technical nightmare. issues. Yeah. and I'm sorry. I am sorry that y'all didn't get to watch Alex working his way through the technical issues. Here's how I did it. Here here's me while Alex was working his way through the thing. No matter what he said, I was like, because unfortunately, it's all him. There's literally nothing that I can do other than not respond. Yeah. Because I, there is nothing I can do. Yeah. Restream. Restream just took a dump, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. We're live on Rumble. And this is, again, this is the channel we're focusing on anyway. So right. y'all give us a, give us a thumbs up Rumble. Rumble I us up. I don't know what they call Yeah. Rumble us up. I don't know what that's they call what we're it. gonna start saying. We don't care what they say. Like, well, they're well, not the boss of us. Yeah, like the show and give it a share, and we appreciate it. Thank you very Let's much. Get into some stuff. Alex Jones got hit with an, uh, an almost one billion dollar judgment. Danielle, this was obviously his second defamation hearing. This one actually taking place in Connecticut, where Sandy Hook was. It was. Um, the relatives of five of the kids who were killed, three educators, and one FBI agent who 
Alex Jones swears he, he didn't even know who the guy was, and now he's got to give him, I believe it's $90 million. He yep. was on he was on Crowder this morning, just 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 having an Alex Jones moment about all this, Danny. Um I thought he was actually pretty like chill for Alex Jones. I think he was pretty much Alex Jones, to be honest with you. Did you feel like yeah. Okay. yeah. I have a much higher Alex Jones you have tolerance way more do. tolerance for Alex Jones yeah. than I do. Um, so there's a story we'll probably talk about it on locals on Saturday. There's a, there's a backstory to all of this. The, the whole discovery, because both of these, both of these defamation suits were uh, a, a default judgment was handed down. I.e. he was found liable before he even set foot in front of the jury. And he'll swear up and down to us that he did everything the right way. And the courts swear up and down to us that he did everything the wrong way and tried to obstruct. And I found a good, uh, some good information, some good data about the backstory and what he's been doing with the finances behind the scenes. And I think we'll talk about it. We don't have time today, but I think we'll talk about it on, uh, on locals on Saturday. I think okay. we're doing a local Saturday. We'll, we'll verify that. But yeah, $965 million of which they will likely see nothing. Skadooch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pepe Le Pew chimed in on this L.A. City Council nonsense, Danielle, and managed to make it all about MAGA, which was a remarkable feat, to be honest with you, to take two Democrat councilmen, council people, one was a man, one was a woman, to take two of those caught in a secretly recorded rather racist conversation which gets leaked and uh Corinne Jean-Pierre pulled off the masterful trick of making it all about MAGA I have a little video here I think that we can take a look at real quick it's just it's wonderful the way she did this when a MAGA Republican says something uh, racist and, or anti-Semitic, they are embraced by cheering crowds and become celebrated and sought after endorsements. Senator Tuberville, let's not forget, this just happened, uh, saying black people uh, commit crimes. Doug Mastriano attacking his opponent in Pennsylvania governor's race for sending his children to a Jewish day school. Didn't hear her mention Democrats or the L.A. City Council or the fact that this the, the one woman said that she wanted to beat the crap out of another councilman's kid. Right. Um, it's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Not going to waste any more time on that. Got to tell you. Um, and then this, Tulsi Gabbard. Did a quick uh, did a quick drop in video on this the other day. I have Tulsi here. Let's uh, let's listen to little Tulsi and what she has to say. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness. 
who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. I invite you to join me. How many people do you think will join her? Seven. Roughly. Give her, give or take. Um, listen, I, I, li I liked, uh, I like Tulsi. I think she's pretty level-headed. I think she's a classical liberal, right? And we've talked about that on the show many times. I have no issues with classical liberals. Um, I, I have issues with the radical leftists. Right. And listen, I, I have some issues with radical right-wingers as well, to be honest with right. you. But um, yeah, she's, she's what I would consider a classical liberal. This coincided with her launching her new show, the Tulsi Gabbard yes. show which was remarkably convenient. Great way to, oh yeah, great way to launch your, great way to launch your new show. And I'm not saying, I'm not, don't, I'm not saying that she's just using it and taking advantage or anything like that. I, I, I know she honestly, well, I don't know. I, I feel that she truly believes what she said. Go on. What was that face? Well, no, I just, I think we were all expecting this move. And I think it was well-timed. I think she announced the move seven minutes before she launched her show. Of course she did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it shouldn't have come as a surprise to anyone. Right. I, I hear the pundits and that's how you pronounce that, by the way, for all the people on the mainstream media news who call it pundits or whatever the fuck they call it. Pundits. They call them pundits. It's pundit. For all the pundits I hear, uh, speculating that she's going to head over to the Republican Party now. I just don't think so. No, In fact, I, d I don't think she's getting into politics at all. Go on. I'm sorry. I, I just thought of something. I keep interrupting you. It. I just remembered. Remember when I was all high on Tulsi, which I am. I do like her. You reminded me that, and this was a while ago, that she's a Democrat and that... Um, she at the time that she wasn't going to go far because she is anti-war machine mm -hmm. and that you and I talked about and you helped me to see that, um, first of all, to recognize the war machine for what it is. And it's horrifying. Um, but, um, that people aren't ready to sit, weren't ready to see that. Mm -hmm. And so you said that that, I don't know if you even remember this conversation, but it just, it, yeah, I, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. Yeah. So I remember it and that, um, that that's what was going to 
not stop her, but like that's what was going to stop her was that she was so staunch in those in her beliefs and that, well, now that we are careening towards nuclear war, people are like, wait, what about this war machine thing? What was that you were saying? Who was that girl that was talking about that thing? Now people want to hear about not going to war. 60% of them don't. Look at what Elon did with his poll. Right. 60, 60% of the people said, no, no peace. Sorry, no peace. Even though we are careening towards a nuclear war, they're like, no peace, because they think they think it's going to be isolated to that region, and it just isn't. It just isn't. Even, even if the explosions are isolated to that region, right. the fallout, and I don't mean the nuclear fallout, the, the social and societal fallout will collapse economies around the world. So... Don't think for a second that this war is isolated to Russia, Ukraine, especially when we're up to our nuts and guts in it, right. which we actually are. This is a proxy war between the United States and uh, and Russia. Anyone, whatever party, if you are anti-war, if you're the anti-war, if you're anti the military industrial complex, you're not going to get anywhere. Why do we? Why do you think the Libertarian Party makes absolutely no headway, no gains anywhere? It's because they're vehemently anti-war, and you're never going to get elected. the The war machine itself will make sure you don't get elected. the The cabal will make sure that you don't get elected. They only want politicians who are going to line their pockets, beat their chests, warmonger on a daily basis, and keep those government contracts coming in. And that includes people like Larry Fink and George Soros, the people that actually run this country. That includes those people. And this is why, this is why those candidates will never get anywhere. The mainstream media... So let's we, we'll talk about BlackRock and Soros, we like Fink and those people. They have their fingers in a lot of pies, right? Larry Fink manages more more money than the GDP of the United States. That's how much money they manage. And a lot of that is media companies. And they'll go in and they'll take a, a healthy stake or a controlling stake in these companies. They'll get people put on the board, right, of these companies, and then BlackRock get to dictate the direction of these companies. This has been going on for a while. This hasn't suddenly happened. This was going on back when Tulsi Gabbard was running for president. Right. Why do we remember when Tulsi Gabbard's YouTube channel was taken down while she was running for president? Yes. You remember that? Why do you think that didn't happen because YouTube, listen, YouTube are dicks. We know it. But that didn't happen because YouTube decided, oh, Tulsi is uh, saying the wrong, th bad things. It's because the government, the cabal, the, the, you know, the people that actually run the show, the NGOs, BlackRock, people like that, they said Tulsi Gabbard cannot be allowed to gain traction. And up until that point, she was gaining traction. Yes, she was. And then the establishment decided, nope, sorry, Gabby, you're done. And um, and that was it. Uh, sorry, Tulsi, you're done. Sorry, I messed her, up with, messed her up with Gabby Giffords. They decided, sorry, Tulsi, you're done. And when they decide that, that's it. We just had it happen to us on YouTube. Right.
Uh, and, and, you know, I think it was that trusted YouTube flagger program that got us. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, we'll, we'll see what we can do to try and prevent them doing it to someone, someone else. That's what we'll right. do. But Tulsi's bailing from the Democrat party. Yeah. She might take five, six, seven people with her. It's going to be about it because at the end of the day, when November rolls around, if you're a staunch left winger, you're voting for Democrats, right. even quite frankly, even if you're a uh, classical liberal, you're voting for Democrats. It's not going to make any difference, but bless her heart for trying. Well done, well done, Tulsi. Yeah. I mean, it took her long enough, but yeah, no she kidding. had to get her show ready to launch. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame her. Yeah, no, I don't blame her either. I don't blame her either. She's going to have a, I think it's going to be a good show. I'll be listening. Let's put it that way. Danielle, lead us into this thing here. Yes. So Vanderbilt University has suspended gender affirmation surgery for minors, okay. which, mind you, they weren't talking about the fact that they were doing. They were denying the fact that they were transitioning the kids. Right. But let's talk about the news and then we'll get into that. Okay. So um, the Vanderbilt University Medical Center has a gender clinic where they do what they call gender affirmation surgeries. Um, and they have agreed to um, stop performing any transgender surgeries for children, uh, surgeries that cannot be undone or reverted later in life. Sorry, the, the grammar of that sentence was awful and I had to fix it in my head. Um, so anything that can't be reversed, they are not going to be doing on minors for the time being because um, WPATH, which is the World Professional Association of Transgender Health. So it's like the APA, the American Psychological Association, but strictly for transgender health. They right. only deal with transgender issues. So they issue a... Um, they're, SOC, their uh, standards of care. So it's like the um, diagnostic manual, but right. theirs is just called the standards of care. So their most recent standards of care just came out. And Bandy says, Vanderbilt says, that as part of that standards of care, they have changed how they say that transitioning children should be handled. So Vandy is going to pull back and not trans the kids right now while they look into this. Well, the um, ape, the American Psychiatric Association and all of the associations have said, don't trans the kids, sit back and watchfully wait and just see what happens until they're adults and then consider transition. So that's been the standard for years. But all of a sudden, Bandy's like, well, this just came out, so we're going to stop doing it. Well, it just so happens that the same month that this new standard came out, which was last month, an investigative report by Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire also came out. So <laughs> the Daily Wire is headquartered in Nashville, which is where Vandy is located. And I don't know if you've seen, have you seen um, What is a Woman by Matt Walsh on the Daily Wire? No. So it's, um, Matt Walsh is very um, invested in this whole um, transgender movement in, in opposing it. And he did a, a documentary called what is a woman where he goes to these 
like high academic places and just asks people, what is a woman? And he gets the just absolute doublespeak. It's a fantastic documentary about um, this whole transgender movement. And he talks to people who have, who are transgender and who have detransitioned. Um, and so he just, he's, he talks about just sort of the whole kerfuffle that it has become. Well, they decided to look into some hospitals and see what's actually going on. Well, Vandy's right next door. So they went over and started looking at what was going on at Vandy. And that's when they realized that Vanderbilt's transitioning kids. They're doing double mastectomy surgeries, what they call top surgeries, on girls as young as 13 years old. Oh. Talk about an irreversible surgery. Um, they're doing... Um, it's chemical castration. They call it um, uh, pu giving puberty blockers. They're chemically castrating these kids, right? They are ending their puberty. So their um, reproductive, their ability at, at reproduction is ended. Um, they're chemically castrating them. And these are kids as young as 12 or 13. Right. So Matt Walsh starts investigating this and he finds on the website of the gender clinic that the doctors are talking about how they got Vanderbilt to become involved in this. And it's not because they think that it's the right thing to do. It's not because they, they don't talk at all about what we have read and what we've heard people talk about, which is the suicide rates, mm -hmm. right? That it's better to have an alive transgender child than a dead child has nothing to do with any of that. It is a cash cow. Oh yeah. That's why they got into this. And we actually have a video. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to say, of course it is. I know. And it Follow. should not have been. Uh, I I shouldn't have been as surprised as I was. I guess I'm, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. You want to roll this video? Yeah. I can know. Starting in January 1st of 2017, <clears throat> according to the Affordable Care Act, insurance cover carriers are mandated to cover medical expenses for trans folks. Um, some of our BUMC financial folks in, 20, in August of 20, I'm sorry, October of 2016, sorry, a couple of years ago, put down some costs of how much money we think each patient would bring in. And this is only including top surgery. This isn't including any bottom surgery. And um, it's a lot of money. These surgeries make a lot of money. Um, so female to male chest reconstruction can bring in $40,000. Uh, a patient just on routine hormone treatment, who I'm only seeing a few times a year, can bring in several thousand dollars because that requires a lot of visits and labs. It actually makes money for the hospital. Now, these I got from the internet, um, but it's from uh, the Philadelphia Center for Transgender Surgery, which has um, does a lot of um, surgery for patients. And I just want to give you an idea of how much these bottom surgeries are making. And this is, I think this has to be an underestimate. Uh, this is for a vaginoplasty. They're saying they're quoting roughly around $20,000 for a vaginoplasty, but that doesn't... Who's this lady? So this is Dr. Uh, Shane Siebold-Taylor, who is a doctor at uh, Vanderbilt University Medical Center Clinic for uh, transgender health. So she is one of the doctors at the transgender clinic, and she is one that brought it to Nashville. And she talks about how she got Nashville to come on board, and that's what she's talking about here is this is how they got them to come on board. Your post visits. That doesn't include um, your anesthesia, your OR. So I would think that this has to be a gross underestimate. I think that's just like the surgery. Okay. Have you come up with numbers? 
uh, just the just her numbers, just the ones that that she is giving. But she goes on to talk about how the clinic that she was referencing that the entire clinic is driven just by um, male to female bottom surgeries. So vaginoplasties pay for the entire clinic and they do other surgeries, but all of their bills are paid by vaginoplasties. And because of Um, the, the, the wonder that was the gift of the affordable care act insurance has to pay for that, which means we have to pay for that. Yeah. Because yes, Listen, ignore, listen, I'm about to turn 53, right? But I don't go to the doctor often. I'm in reasonably good shape, to be honest with you. And so my insurance premiums are way higher than they actually need to be. But they're that high to cover other groups, other classes, including these people that are getting their genitals mutilated by hospitals like Vanderbilt. So we are paying for it. And yeah, 20 grand to, to build a vagina seems reasonably cheap. That that seems like right. that's not the correct number to me yeah. either. So that's why, yeah, that's why she's saying that's gotta be literally just what the surgeon makes. Yeah. I mean you can play so, you can pay twenty grand for a nose job. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you add anesthesia, you add the hospital stay, you add all of the things involved there. And that's got to be upwards of $100,000. Another thing that I find really off-putting about what she says just completely as a throwaway comment is that patients that she sees for hormone therapy that she only sees once or twice a year make, you know, that they make thousands of dollars off of those. She has these people on trans transitioning hormones, right? right? Like cross sex hormones and sees them only once or twice a year. Like that's as much monitoring as they're getting. And again, I don't, I shouldn't be surprised. It's completely naive of me to be surprised, but it just turned my stomach and I applaud Matt Walsh because so his investigation came out. They launched it on Daily Wire, I think maybe on September 20th. It might have been a little earlier than that. And he he got some Tennessee, the governor was on board and a senator from Tennessee were um, trying to get or talking about getting investigations going into the um, gender clinic at Vanderbilt. And Vandy all of a sudden realized that WPATH had come up with this. So Vandy decided to do it on their own before. Well, we, we did a story a few weeks back about all these, uh, all these places that were operating on your kids that were out there mutilating your children. Matt Walsh says they're in every state. I imagine it's one of the videos that got us targeted because I'll tell you what, the trans community don't like it when you talk about these things. While we're pissing off the trans community, let's talk about a couple other things. Well, actually, before we do, speaking of Matt Walsh, they're now the cancel culture is now going after him. They're trying to dig up shit from his past to to get him canceled. And the beauty of the canceling whole thing is is you're only canceled if you accept the right. fact that you're canceled. He's and he's not one of those folks. We're not. We're not one of those people. We're not right. going to say, oh, oh no, they canceled us. Oh shit, woe is me. Right. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep yeah. talking about things we talk about. And listen, I understand that this makes the trans community uncomfortable. 
But that's that's just a fact of life right now. We're talking right. about mutilating children. We're not talking about adults making decisions for themselves. Go ahead. No, exactly. Thank you. That's exactly what this is about. This is about transitioning children. And y'all, when you hear, and we, you and I did a story on this, like you said, the one that, at least one of the ones that, I'm, you know, I'm certain caught somebody's attention. Um, doctors talking about transitioning, doing double mastectomies on 13-year-old girls right. and calling it um, reconstructive top reconstructive surgery yep. it's yep. it's just it's maddening it, it's and, infuriating and the doctors aren't the the main problem here the parents are the main fucking problem but anyway they absolutely are and so something else that i i didn't even tell you that i wanted to talk about this and i will speak rather quickly about it so um for my vlog, I decided that I was going to start doing book reviews. So I read this book that I had no interest in, quite frankly, so that I could do a review of it because it's new and it's blah, blah, blah. And it was written by um, Jody Pinchon, who was like a, a New York Times bestselling author for decades. It's called Mad Honey. So I'm, and y'all, this is the only spoiler alert I'm going to give you. I'm about to spoil the fuck out of this book. So if you plan on reading it on your own, then you need to mute me for about the next three minutes. So reading, 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 you get halfway through the book and find out that this teenage girl who throughout the book has been presented as having had some mental health issues, we find out that she was male to female trans and she was, were, she was murdered. So, and her boyfriend is being investigated for the murder. So book takes this big turn and it turns into um, an absolute defense of transing the kids that, you know, good thing that it, it, it's brilliant how deceptively it's presented. Like she was transitioned um, and she's male to female. So, I mean, I'm referring to her as she, but um, she was transitioned probably partially into puberty, but she looks like a girl. Well, there's also a character in the book who transitioned from male to female as a full grown, like as an adult male realized he was female and became a woman. So they juxtapose how she is like feminine and looks like a girl and how he looks like a man wearing a dress. And then there's this whole like lecture scene where this adult trans person is talking to another character about the questions you're not supposed to ask. And you shouldn't even wonder if somebody had bottom surgery and all of these things. And you're led to believe that this trans female who was 18 and murdered, you're led to believe that she was put in jeopardy because of her status as a trans person and that she was in danger because like from her boyfriend well it turns out it had nothing to do with that and she got fucking killed in a girl fight like a girl got mad at another girl and I then mean, the girl is dead you got to infect you got to infect modern pop culture it, right? and you it got is, to infect tv you got to infect movies and now you have masterfully to infect, done yeah now you have to infect books masterfully um, done all right and it was sickening all right what about this last page i have pulled up the, oh, I just wanted to point out something humorous on this. This is the Selective Service one. Yeah. So the government 
tries to the Biden government tries to tell us that, you know, if you say you're a girl, you're a girl and you say you're a boy, you're a boy and boys should be allowed to compete in girls sports. And just because they were born a boy doesn't make them a boy. And then they count as a girl and all of that, unless it's selective service. Because That's interesting. When it comes to selective service and registering for the draft. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. I will. Hold on. I got up. Sorry. Oh, Christ. Now this is jumping around like a so nut job. If you, it's a, there's not much to it. It's okay if you can't get down to it. So, a person who was born male. I don't know what's happening here. The question here is what this is answering is: Do these people have to register for selective service? And it goes through like if you're locked up, if you're in the hospital, if you're all of these things, do you have to register for selective service? Right. If you're born male and identify as female, do you have to register for selective service? Of course you do. Yes, you do. Of course you do. If you were born female and identify as male, do you have to register for selective service? No, you don't. So. it's fair enough. If you're a boy and you claim to be a girl, you can beat the shit out of girls in girls' sports. Correct. You can take scholarships away from girls. You can take championships away from girls, but when it comes to selective service, you still got to register because you're not a girl. Right. I right. just thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, funny, but not funny. Yeah. Funnier I, than not. You know, the government said you can't discriminate based on this. You got to respect people's pronouns, blah, blah, blah. Right. When it comes, when it comes again, when it comes to fighting wars, all of that goes out the window. Right. Every bit of it. At the way we don't we don't give a shit about your your gender identity now. You're a piece of meat. And right. you're a piece of meat capable of carrying a rifle. So uh here's your rifle. Go and die for us. That's all that boils down to right there. Well, and did you not watch MASH? Klinger spent the entire Korean War That's dressed right. in a dress. Did never send him home. That's right. Yeah. How could we not learn from that history? Right? Yeah. Hitler. If it's good enough for Klinger, it's good enough for me. Corporal Klinger. That's right. He did. <laughs> His whole military career in a fucking dress. What else do you need to know? And high heel shoes. Yeah. That's amazing. Klinger wore kitten heels. Yeah. We'll respect your, we'll respect your decisions. And again, I, I understand adults. Do whatever right. you want. Yes. If you're yep. an adult, consenting adult, do whatever it is you want to do. If it's your kids, your minors, parents have got to make better choices. Protect those babies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Allowing them to mutilate their genitals is not a good decision. It just isn't. No. You know, you're not no. going to let, you're not going to let them go out and drive a Ferrari at age 12. Why would you ever let them get this kind of surgery? Well, age. and the whole argument that you have to transition them before puberty to keep the sex hormones from changing their bodies. Mm -hmm. It's just ludicrous. Yes, it absolutely and is And come to find out, it's all just a money-making thing for the doctors. Right, right. Let's talk about this. Remember, let's go back in time a little bit. Do we remember when Donald Trump made a phone call to Ukraine and it was referred to as a quid pro quo and he yes. was impeached based on that quid pro quo? 
this is a this is a quid pro quo. This is a huge story. Of course, no one's paying attention to it because why would they? FBI offered Christopher Steele $1 million to corroborate Trump allegations in dossier. Christopher Steele, the British spy or former British spy, Danielle, that created this dossier. And when I say created, I literally mean created, fabricated, pulled out of right. thin air. Not a word of this was true. Christopher Steele knew that not a word of this was true. Yet he took a million dollars from the from the FBI. Listen, whatever, he's going to. But he took a million dollars from the FBI. The FBI wanted him to be able to corroborate any of this because obviously they wanted to go after Donald Trump. He was unable to corroborate any of it. But the FBI still used it to obtain warrants. They they paid. They so the Democrats pay for this dossier right the the dnc fund this they finance it they hire this guy tell us just 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 give us what we need no questions asked which is exactly what he did turns it in it gets leaked i think it was buzzfeed or some shit like that that initially leaked it nobody else if we remember back nobody else would run the story because they couldn't validate any of it they couldn't right. cor- and, and i'm talking cnn msnbc none of them would run this because they were unable to corroborate any of it that's a red flag right there when msnbc <laughs> doesn't run the story right well buzz i think it was buzzfeed they had no problem with it they just slapped it up there and of course once it's published all the other news agencies are going to jump on it and boy oh boy did they ever They jumped on it like it was fact. It led to years and years and millions and millions of dollars worth of investigations and uh, two impeachments. One of which was over quid pro quo, which is exactly what we're seeing here. Oh, come on, man. You got to corroborate it. We'll give you a million dollars if you can just corroborate it just a little bit. Just give us what we need and we'll... We'll make sure we take care of you. That is a quid pro quo. It is a crime. It is about as illegal as it's honestly, it's about as illegal as things get. And this is the FBI doing this. And then turn around and use this to get a warrant, to get warrants, I should say. FISA warrants to spy, to investigate and spy on people. Um, this is all coming out at the, the Durham, part of the Durham investigation It's the, the trial of this, uh, Igor Danchenko, a Russian national who served as the primary subsource for Steele's anti-Trump dossier and has been charged with five counts of making false statements to the Bureau, which is ironic that he's on trial for making false statements to the bureau when the bureau the and, and then goes in there and and tells them oh yeah by the way the bureau that used this dossier to get FISA warrants yeah they paid Steele a million dollars for him to corroborate it and he was unable to but they still used it to get warrants i'm wondering when durham is going to start 
handing out indictments to uh, to some FBI officials, to be right. honest with you. Auden testified that he and a group of FBI agents went overseas in early October to speak with Steele about the dossier. During questioning by special counsel John Durham on Tuesday, Auden said that during those meetings, the FBI offered Steele $1 million, $1 million, Jesus. if he could corroborate allegations in the dossier. Austin testified that Steele could not do so. Austin also said the FBI had no corroboration of the allegations, but nevertheless took that information and inserted it into the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrant to surveil uh, former Trump campaign aide Carter Page. Um, on October 21st, 2016, did you have any information to corroborate that information? Durham asked. No, Alton said, confirming that the FBI began receiving Steele's reports, later known as the dossier, on September 19th, 2016, and submitted its first FISA application page on October 21st, 2016. This is, once again, this is the FBI getting caught being a political organization rather than a law enforcement organization. Right. They're using their law enforcement powers, obviously, but they're using them for political means. They're, they're targeting a political enemy, in this case, former President Donald Trump. They've now been caught red-handed again... Listen, a lot of this, a lot of this is going to have to be corroborated. Um, but again, when you're when you're under when you're under oath, under the threat of conviction from perjury, I tend to believe that people tell the truth. Uh, I suppose it's possible. I suppose it's possible that this guy's lying. He's uh, Brian Alton is an FBI supervisory counterintelligent analyst. I don't really know what that means right. in the hierarchy of the FBI, but I don't even know if it means he's an actual FBI agent or just some or even maybe a contractor. I don't really know. Right. But he works for the he has worked or worked for the FBI. He's a witness first-hand witness who was actually in these meetings between the FBI and uh, Steele, testifying that the FBI committed some pretty big crimes right here. This isn't news, Danielle. No. This isn't news to anyone. You don't see this on CNN. You're not seeing this on MSNBC. I wonder why right. that might be. Some heads have to roll here. They really do. Now, listen, after November, when, if, I think when, Republicans take control of Congress, I think we're, we're going to be in a better position to start to, because there's, we've received a lot of data. We've, we, we know a lot more since Donald Trump left office about what was going on behind the scenes to actually oust or try to oust Donald Trump. Right. And Democrats obviously have no interest in digging into this. Republicans will. 
unfortunately, like every other invest congressional investigation ever, it will lead to absolutely nothing, but it might reveal some truth. Durham is doing a fantastic job. Uh, this isn't going away. This is going to keep going, obviously. Um, and who knows, it might result in some convictions, but I think it's time to start handing out subpoenas to some high-level FBI folks. And let's see if we can't get this organization under control this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I mean, something's um, got to change. Yeah, this is... I mean, what do, what do you say when you find out that the FBI... The FBI, who I would... We've talked about the FBI, right? And, and you know, we've said... I've said not all FBI agents, because I don't believe it is. It's the right. D.C. Bureau. It's it's the ones that are politicized at the, the Washington bureaus. Um, and, and I imagine some high-ranking FBI officials around the country who are privy to the conversations and the meetings that take place in D.C. But it's not all FBI agents. I like to think. I, I hope it's not all FBI agents. Let's put it that way. But the fact that I have to say that, the fact that I have to say I hope it's not, shows where my confidence level in the FBI is right now. Right. And it's at rock bottom. And especially when you look at what they're doing with this January 6th thing. Two years ago, be almost January, it'll be two years, right? It was January of 21. Yeah. Is that correct? January 6th of 2021, coming up on two years ago, and they're still airing these hearings on TV. Uh, I don't, I, I haven't looked at the ratings. I don't imagine they're very good to be honest with you, but they're still, they're still doing this dog and they're pony still out show. There, yeah. They think it's going to help them. It thinks they think it's, it's the economy, stupid. That's what all people care about right now. Right. No one gives a shit about January 6th. That's old news. It's old news. We're about to see some spicy stuff come out of that because the, uh, the, uh, not the Proud Boys, it was the other ones. Um, oh, the Oath Keepers? The Oath Keepers. Their trials are about to begin, or they may have actually begun by now. Um, but yeah, and they're charged with seditious conspiracy, right? And right. This, is, this is what the Democrats have been waiting for. Because if you want to call something an insurrection, there's one thing you need, a conviction for insurrection. Right. They haven't they haven't gotten that. No one that's been convicted over this thing has been most people have been convicted with entering a uh, secured place. Something along those lines. Effectively trespass. You've been charged with the federal version of criminal trespass. Um and they're making deals and uh and they're getting done. Uh, and and some some of these guys I think the um the Viking got a long sentence out of that criminal trespass. Yeah, I think he did. So what they've needed is a conviction for insurrection or seditious conspiracy. I don't know that they're going to get it. I know they think they're going to. I know they think Rhodes, what's his name? Rhodes, something Rhodes, whatever. It does. Somebody in the chat knows. Mike Rhodes? No. Um... Whatever, I can't remember his name, but he's about to go on trial. 
And the, the, from what I understand, they have some pretty damning evidence. They got some secret videos recorded in underground. It's just like a John le Carre movie, uh, uh, book. They've got secret videos recorded in underground parking lots and things like that of the Stuart Oath Keepers. Road. Stuart Rhodes, thank you. Of the Oath Keepers and uh, some members of the Proud Boys doing their plotting and shit like that. What they don't have is overwhelming levels of violence. It's what they don't right. have. And this is why they're going for seditious conspiracy rather than, um, you know, for insurrection, attempted insurrection. The pr Dusty Roads. The problem Cecil with... Cecil B. Roads. Cecil B. Cecil B. Roads, yeah. The problem with trying to convict somebody for a conspiracy is the burden of proof is extremely high. It's very difficult Look at uh, look at what happened with the FBI and Gretchen Whitmer's right. Gretchen Whitmer's kidnappers. They tried to get them on a criminal conspiracy, and they failed miserably. Remember? Oh God, yeah. Like seven of them were acquitted, and so instead of going after what, instead of going after an easy, I think they'll get a conviction on something for sure. He'll, he'll probably get criminal trespass like everybody else. But Yeah, I, dude, have you seen that guy? He did something. Yeah, but what they didn't do was kill anyone, right? right. What they didn't do was storm the Capitol with, with guns and uh, munitions. Bayonet, yeah. That's what they didn't do. Right. The most they've got them on is riling up a crowd and... Um, you know, forcing people into a, a secured building. It's the most they've got them on. Proving right. a criminal conspiracy, a seditious conspiracy. I don't think it's a bar a this lot. government's able to, I don't think it's a bar they're able to cross. Right. I don't think the government have the employees capable of actually pulling this off. I guess we'll see. Um, but I, the trial was either has either started or is going to be starting. I've tried to find it, but you can't find, obviously they're not going to televise or they're not going to allow court TV or um, law and crime network in this courtroom. Right. I don't think they can afford to because then we will see and hear the truth. Right. And the truth, the, the truth is they have nothing and they do, they can't let us believe that they have to, they have to do their very best to keep Americans believing that a that a actual seditious conspiracy took place. And I'll tell you what it was. It was a handful of blokes getting together saying, let's go run, let's go into the Capitol and raise, right. let's yeah. let's call some ruckus in the Capitol yeah. is what that it was. That was the conspiracy was a bunch of rednecks making a plan. It looks like their trial started last week. Last week, okay. But yeah, obviously it's not going to be televised because that would, that would blow the roof off of all of it. It would blow the lid right. off of every bit of it. Yes. Well, yeah, it would shine light on it. Yeah. And now we have the F the same FBI that couldn't get conspiracy convictions against Gretchen Whitmer's attempted kidnappers. Right. Um, who, by the way, were mostly FBI informants or <laughs> undercover <laughs> agents. I mean, I look. Um, and I wonder, and I, uh, I wonder how many... I know we talked about the uh, Ray Epps guy. Yes. We talked about it and we talked about revolvers expose and listen, uh, you know, 
I know people got mad at me at the time, but if you read, if you read what Revolver did critically, they actually didn't link anything together. They didn't prove anything. We just looked at it through a critical eye and pointed out the fact that there are actually no links here. A lot of circumstantial evidence, no links. And that's another reason I think that the, uh, the government's going to come up completely dry in this. They're not going to be able to make any links unless they had, again, dozens of FBI agents undercover, covertly uh, inserted into these organizations. Then maybe they'll get a chance. Maybe because they had that with Gretchen Whitmer and still couldn't pull off a conviction. And, um, you know, if they did, how much poking and prodding and guiding were those FBI guys doing? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is why I think they're not, they're not going to get it They're They've, we've talked about governments overcharging, right? Uh, the most recent or one of the most recent Kyle Rittenhouse. Right. Yeah. Absolutely overcharged. And that's why they lost. They lost because they overcharged. Right. Government does it all the time. We've had this conversation on a, for a bunch of cases. I've, I've sat here and said to you, no, he's going to get off because they overcharged the crime. Right. They do it every time, and they've done it with Stuart Rhodes. I don't know what the lesser crimes are he's charged with. Chances are it's criminal trespass, and that's why. Now, I wouldn't put it past a judge to give him 50 years for criminal trespass. Right. Wouldn't put it past that, but right. um, they're not going to get is seditious. what they did to the Viking. I mean, not 50 years, but. Well, yeah, but it was a good long time. I don't remember yeah. exactly, but it was a long time. But no, they're not going to get seditious conspiracy. They're not going to be able to hand the Democrat Party what they've been waiting for, which is a insurrection conviction to point to and say, see, see, we told you all along. They're just not going to get it. Um, and so after November, I think we're going to start to see this January 6th committee begin to dissolve with no indictments. And, um, I don't think it's going to be the cash cow they thought it was going to be going into 2024. Right. When they lose against Stuart Rhodes, which they will, I mean, at least in the, the main charge. When they lose, it's just not going to have the legs they thought it was going to have. And they're going to have to try to get out of it and save face somehow. So we may see some minor indictments come out of it. So that they just so they can say, see, we convicted at least one person. Right. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see anything more than that. It's uh, it's a complete joke, Danielle. It's an absolute joke. Well, it has been all along. It's been... Let's um, finish up. We're, we're, we'll yeah, keep we are going for a minute. Yeah, we are wildly over time. We need to get well, out of here. Well, we started wildly over. Right, but but let's let's really wrap late. up with a one more, just one more quickie. One more quickie, shall we? Well, hurry the fuck up. <laughs> okay, you wanted to end on this story. We can leave. Well, <laughs> let's go. All right. I don't know what you mean now. Just do the story. Just oh, I mean, it's your, it was it, it was do your it. story. Go ahead. Texas guy ate his own eye. He's going to yeah, stay on death row. Well, there you go. That's it. Took them both out cool. while in jail. 
but only ate one of them. And that wasn't even really what the story was about. The story was about that um, he was convicted for killing his family, killed his wife and kids, and convicted, sentenced to death row. I don't know. He didn't eat them. Um, but was he, uh, was he trans? Not yet. He might be because he appealed and it got all the way up to the Supreme Court because he said that two of the um, jury jurors, the jurists, were racist. And he is a, a gentleman of color. And um, it doesn't say in the story, but I'm guessing that his wife, his deceased wife, murdered wife, murdered was wife. white. Because Do what? Murdered wife. Yeah, was white. Because he says that it was a, um, that they must have been opposed to interracial relationships. Uh, yeah. Yes, right here. The and inmate claimed was... the all-white jury convicted him because they did not approve of interracial marriage. Good God, what is going on? At least three expressed the racist belief with one allegedly noting on a questionnaire, I think we should stay with our bloodline. Um, now, interesting. Which the prosecution said that they questioned all the juries, the jurors at length, and, and none that of none them of them said that. Yeah. None of them indicated any kind of yeah. racist a, bent right. at all. And and I'll tell you how we know because had a juror said that, they would have been disqualified immediately. Yeah, they would not have been a juror right away. Um, yeah, by either the defense or the prosecution. So he, mind you, this guy wasn't his own juror, his own attorney. So I'm not sure where they got that statement. I'm guessing probably from the dude who ate his own eyeball. So he was trying to get his whole sentence kicked out, right? Yes. He was trying to trying to get out of jail. And Justice Sotomayor was on board with that. Three oh, just and of course she yeah, was. Two other justices agreed with her. She was like, "Oh yeah, it's his on vacating the entire sentence or vacating the death sentence." vacating the death sentence and overturning the overturning conviction. the conviction of course you was so, i i can tell you how we know there's there's a there's a clue here if you if you read between the lines there's a clue here as to why you should not overturn this guy's conviction he ate his own fucking eye right he took both of his eyeballs out and ate one of them that's all we really need to know i mean Unless, of course, you're Sonia Sotomayor. Right. Um, Eleanor, Eleanor Kagan, Katanji Brown Jackson joined Sotomayor's opinion. Of course they did. All the women. What is it? Yeah. What is it with... with well, they're raging liberals. Yeah. Well, we knew that uh, Bram, Katanji Bram Jackson was went easy on criminals, mainly right. mainly pedos, mainly the diddlers that she liked to. Which get is interesting because there's no indication of diddling here. So, which she might not know that she might just assume he's a diddler. Did because he kill he's kids? Crazy. Did he murder and, any kids? His wife and two kids. There you go. He murdered a couple of kids. Of course, she yeah. wants him to to get off get released no dude no jury deciding whether to recommend a death sentence should be tainted by potential racist a racial bias that could infect its deliberation or decision i agree i I agree i 100 percent agree 
but there's no indication that that happened. It didn't happen. That's that's the thing. And if you're sitting, if you're a Supreme Court justice, an associate justice sitting on the Supreme Court, you should know the difference between evidence and bullshit. Right. And so they go on to say, um, particularly where the crime involved an inter interracial crime it, with a case involved in interracial crime. Now, I wonder if they would think differently because we know that the convicted killer is a gentleman of color. Yes. So we're assuming that the victim was a person of no color. Yes. Imagine how they would feel had it gone the other way. The interracial crime had been between. Oh yeah, had it been a white person killing uh, some some uh, persons of color? Some some no eyeball person of color. That answers my question about whether he put the remaining eyeball yes. back in. I was uh, trying to get you to look at that before. Yes. Did not put the remaining eyeball back in. At least didn't do it well. Yeah. Mm -mm. And let us know in the chat because I'm I'm not a doctor, as you can tell. People have had their eyes dangling, right, from the little eye eye fucking rubber band things, eye whatever cords, it is, yeah. whatever it is that keeps your eyes in your head. And people Those have had their nervous. eyes put back in. Do your eyes still work after they've been put back into their I socket? I think Tell it us depends. in the comments. Tell us in the like, comments. Like, I think it can come out and, like, sit on your face and go back in. But if it comes out and, like, turns about, like, does the hokey pokey and turns itself about, I think then you're dealing with damage. Right, because that's all nerves. Like it's all just nerves. That that rubber band looking thing. Look, I'm 53 years old, and I don't exactly know how eyes work. Princess Sandy's here, and she says yes. So she's a nurse. Hey, Sandy. Uh, so yes, Hello, they'll Princess. continue to work. Then answer me this, because like I said, I'm I'm about to turn 53. I have no idea how eyes work. How come I can't turn my eyes all the way around and look into the back of my head? And and can anyone is that has anyone ever been able to do that? I can I can turn them only so far and they won't go any further. And I'm wondering why, because obviously they can pop out and dangle. So there's I can nothing tell you that a thirteen year old girl can roll her eyes so far that you would think that she was looking at her own brain. So when a thirteen year old girl <laughs> rolls her eyes at you. Yeah. You feel like you have to slap her across the face to get them to roll back forward. Sandy says ligaments restrict it. Okay. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. the, the rubber bands. That's exactly what I said. I just, I don't know how eyes the rubber work bandy bits. entirely. I don't know how they a lot of... They work like this. Uh, Look, pretend this is your eyeball. Here's the rubber bandy bits. Yeah. yeah. The they hold strings. on to the eyeball. Yeah. But 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 when your eyeballs hang out, they hang out down to here. There's a I, lot of like, dude. Okay, how many times in real life have you seen somebody's eyeball hang out of their head? I mean, honestly, not 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 once. Right. So I am so I am basing this data, purely on saw movies. It's coming from cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, cartoons and saw movies. Right. Cartoons when the wolf's eyeballs pop out when he yeah. sees a good-looking girl. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, whatever. All right, let's um, <laughs> let these folks fuck go. out of here. Uh, Saturday morning, we doing a show? I think so. Yeah, we'll we'll confirm that. We'll schedule it on locals. All right, and hopefully we'll actually be able to pull something off. Oh, what a disaster! Sorry about Dude. tonight's show. But I mean, we pulled it off, so we're here. We're good, y'all. Thank you so so much for coming and finding us. We love you. 
We appreciate you. And we'll see y'all Saturday morning on The Locals. Good night, guys. Thank you. Bye.